We still have plenty of these tracks out there on the foyer table if you'd like to get you get you some more. And I've even got more still left in the office, and I can get you some more if you need uh, that as well. And uh, get them handed out to the people around this community and so forth. Or just next time you go to Dairy Queen or something, just leave one of the tracks on the table to get through eating that. <coughs> you know, you never can tell who might pick it up and read it and get saved and and then, who knows, you know, people can uh, become like Billy Graham, you know, if God uses them to do so. So, anyways, we want to encourage you to do that. And then also, uh, my wife is going to get my Bible for me. I forgot it in my office. Uh, we're about to partake of the Lord's Supper for Brother Lawrence. Brother Marvin, would you all come back again and please hand out the elements? of the Lord's Supper. I would certainly appreciate it. Thank you, Brother. Y'all can go ahead and begin to hand them out while I start getting ready to read the scriptures that I always read with it. Thank you. Pastor Ross. Thank you. Thank you so much. read those passages of scripture that I was going to read, let me read a couple of other verses out of that same chapter and book. It says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the Lord. Therefore, my brothers, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment, and the rest I will set in order when I come. You know, we need to take just a moment right now and examine ourselves and make number sure, number one, there's only one requirement to partake of the Lord's Supper, and that is you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. If you don't, you need to examine yourself and see if you are a Christian. If you are, you can eat and drink of this without any problem. 
But we do need to remember and check and examine ourselves. So there may be some unforgiven sin in your life. Maybe you're a Christian, but there's something that you've done that you haven't asked God's forgiveness for. I want us to take just a moment and examine ourselves and, and see if that might be the case with us this morning. So, again, this You know, the scripture says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Pastor Laura, would you say the blessing over the symbol of the body? may partake of the symbol of the body. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. Covenant. This, new, this is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you that you love us so much that you gave us your only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not, have, not taste death. But Lord, we thank you, Father, that through him we have eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We thank you, Father God, that your hand of blessing is upon us today. Father, help us to remember that the forgiveness comes through the blood, Father, because it says there's no remission of sin without the shedding of blood. We thank you, Lord, that because of the sacrifice that Jesus himself made on the cross of Calvary, that we have salvation in and through him, and that we have our sins forgiven through his, the shedding of his blood. And we thank you that the life is in the blood. And as we partake of this symbol of the blood, we partake of the life that Jesus died to give us. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may partake of the symbol of the blood. If you want to take your songbook one more time, and I'm going to ask us to you want to look it up first. Turn to page 87. 
We're going to sing the old rugged cross. I know we always sing, he paid a debt. This time I felt that God wants us singing this at this time. The old rugged cross, number 87. On a hill far God has removed himself from the earthly scene. God's words are forgotten. 
His hand is not manifest. He is nowhere to be found. Evil people who act as one who would expect them to act without God's restraint are in control. Habakkuk uses pessimistic words and phrases to describe the scene. How different is this scene with the scene portrayed in the last three verses of the book? Verses chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. All has changed. The prophet is no longer controlled by or even anxious over his circumstances. For his sights have been raised. Temporal affairs no longer fill his thoughts. But his thoughts are on things above. Instead of being ruled by worldly considerations, Habakkuk has fixed his hopes on God. For he realizes that God does take an interest in his creatures. He is the source of the prophet's strength and joy. Habakkuk has gone from complaining to confidence, from doubt to trust, and from the valley to the high hill. Before I get into the preaching of the word, I do want to sing one more song that just came to me. I was remembering it earlier, but I was planning on singing it, but I forgot which one it was. But it's called Leaning on the Everlasting Arm. And it's on page 298. So if you would, take your book and turn with me there. You can either sing with me or just let me make it a special. One of the two, either way. But my plan was for us to sing it together. Leaning on the Everlasting Arm. Page 298. What a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a Thank you. 
Amen. You know, that's what we got to do today, folks, is lean on the Lord. We can't make it without Him. Hallelujah. Before I get into preaching of the word, I got one more thing. I want to give you an update on my mom. Thank y'all for your prayers. Believe me, we appreciate it. My whole family does. And my mom is doing quite a bit better. She has got a good prayer. Her appetite seems to be coming back. Just the other day, she ate a whole piece of fish and, a piece, and half a piece of cake. And then she also went and did her therapy, and they had speech therapy for her, and she got 65% of the things they asked her to do right. So she's doing a lot better. And I, and, oh, and she walked 50 feet. She had to take two breaks to do it, but she's walking now again. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. Amen. Praise God. You know, I appreciate y'all's prayers so much. Uh, I will be uh, going out of town this Thursday uh, and Friday, and I'll be back Saturday. I'm going to go check on my mom and dad again, and my brother's needing some help, and he's asked me to come. So, uh, anyways, I won't be doing it every week, but on occasion, I will need to be doing it. And uh, so, anyways, if y'all would bear with me as I'm doing this, I would appreciate it. Uh, but anyways, now we'll get into the preaching of the word. Turn to Habakkuk chapter 1, beginning with verse number 1. If you have found it, would you please stand as we honor God at the reading of his word today. It says, The burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. O Lord, how long shall I cry, and you will not hear? Even cry out to you, violence. And you will not say, Why do you show me iniquity and cause me to see trouble? For plundering and violence are before me. There is strife and contentions arise, arises. Therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth. For the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. Father, we thank the Lord in the name of Jesus that your hand of blessing is upon this word. We thank you, Lord, that it is alive and well, and that it, per it penetrates the heart. We thank you, dear God, that it's going to penetrate our heart this morning, and we're going to give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. You know, uh, I just wanted to say that what I just got through reading could very well describe our society today. And I think a lot of it would apply. i tell you what. Our world is in a mess. It needs God. It needs yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And yet the government is intent on trying to erase God from the nation that he, helped to, that he didn't help to. He founded. In other words, he built this nation upon himself. Our forefathers built this nation upon the the Christianity doctrines in the Bible. And therefore, we need to understand that God wants us to go back to those days. He wants us to live again like he, we were supposed to have always been living in the, in the meanwhile until Jesus comes. You know, let me read to you some of the 
words that they just that we just got through reading. These are words of gloom in the verses we just read. Iniquity, trouble, plundering, violence, strife, contention. Law is powerless. Justice never goes forth. Wicked surround the righteous, and pervert perverse judgment proceeds. You know. Today's message is entitled, The Just Shall Live by Faith. As I said, when, when I read these verses, it was about 4.30 this morning that the Lord gave me this message. And I was awake because I was studying for what I was going to preach today. I just had no idea at that point in time what it was I was going to be ministering. Or at least I thought I had an idea, but God shot it down. And... <laughs> And then he gave me this instead. And we need to understand, this is the situation that Habakkuk was facing. This was an impending invasion that was about to take place in his nation. And there wasn't anything that they, they were going to be able to do to stop it. It was past the point of no return. In other words, it was going to happen. And if we don't, if the United States of America isn't careful... We're going to be in that same boat. We're going to have impending judgment coming against us. God's going to finally say, I've given you time and time and time again to repent and turn back and get and follow after me. But you've refused to do so. So the only thing left is my judgment. And I tell you what, that's why God brings judgment is because he wants his people, wants people following him. At all times, in all circumstances of life. He wants them to walk after him and to live their lives for him. And so that's what had kept happening to Israel, as a matter of fact. They would go along, they would be okay, they would be serving the Lord. Something would happen, they'd get a rotten king, they'd go after the idols, they'd go after all the idolatry stuff. And then all of a sudden, God would send a nation to take them captive, and then they would end up back in captivity. And then all of a sudden, God would send a deliverer and they would come out of the, the, the captivity. And, and then not too long after that, same thing happens all over again. And God <coughs> had to keep bringing them to the place of judgment because they wouldn't follow him on their own. And so what I'm saying is, is that we need to wake up and smell the coffee. The United States of America needs to have their hearts stirred again. They need to get... Get right with God again. I can't tell you how many times I go to the drive-in theater as a kid growing up with my mom and dad and my brother and sister. And we would, at the end of the night, they would always end like this on the end of the night after they've shown you your two movies. They'd say, and be sure to go to your synagogue or the church of your choice this coming Sunday. That's how it always ended. And then we'd be, bye-bye, gone. But... What I'm saying is, I remember those days. And this nation has taken such a left turn. And I'm not trying to talk political. But what I'm saying is, is that we have not followed the path of Jesus Christ. We have not followed the path of the Word of God. And because of that, our nation is going through a certain amount of, of stress and, and difficulty and, and things right now. But it's going to get much, much worse. Not only when the tribulation happens, but if we keep going in the path that we're following after folks, we're going to find ourselves in the same way that this nation here is about to find themselves under the hand of God's judgment. 
and we and we got to stop that before it happens. Before God says enough is enough. Here's your judgment. Because let me tell you something. I I, I think it's in the Bible. I'm not a hundred percent sure, so I'm not going to say it's a verse. But I remember hearing this statement made before. It said that I would rather be uh, under the hand of God's judgment. Than entering, than having all of the pleasures of the world dropped in my feet. In other words, I need to understand that it's through the chastisement of God that He corrects our hearts. And the Bible tells us we've got to be willing to take that chastisement. We've got to be willing to take that discipline and that correction. You know, I, I can't stress it enough, folks, that this is what was going on in His day, and this is what's going on. In our day, we we've got to start straightening up and flying right. That's what my mama used to tell me. Straighten up and fly right. And I would promise her I would. And next thing I know, I was off flying in the wrong direction again. <laughs> but you know, we need to understand that God is serious, folks. This is serving the Lord is not playing church. It's not role act. You're not acting like you're a Christian. You're either a Christian or you're not. Amen. There's no in-between. That's right. And we need to understand that serving the Lord is serious business because our eternity is, is at stake. Yes. Our eternity with the Lord or without the Lord is at stake, and we can ill afford to be living a sinner's life expecting the hand of God's blessings to be upon us. We're... We, we're not going the right direction as a whole. As a, and I'm not saying of us in here. I mean, I believe we're all following after the Lord. But I'm saying is that the world as a whole, the United States of America as a whole, is not following after God. They're following after trinkets. They're following after value, value things that the world considers of great value. They're, they're following after things that, uh, possessions and materialism and all that stuff. They're, they're, they've got their hearts in the wrong place. Their priorities are messed up. And we've got to get them back in order. Praise God. We've got to, to realize the only way that's going to happen is by true repentance before God. And, and you know something? Let me tell you this. That if it comes to the point for God to judge us, and he does, then let me tell you this, that we, we can still get right with God through repentance, but let me let me try to stress this part that if uh, God's judgment does fall then we're, we're going to need a national revival in order to come out of it. We're going to have to have the word of the word of the Lord has to be more than just a spoken word it has to be an ingested word it has to be more than just a thought in the head, it's got to be a, a principle alive in the heart and we need to be understanding folks that we've got to live according to the ways that God told us to live. These are the things that were happening in Habakkuk's day. And, and these are the things that will happen in our day if we're not careful. So we've got to understand that today. Personal application is, is in this Bible as well. It says Habakkuk reminds us that, it's what, that it is okay to ask the question, why? His circumstances called for him to ask God about the unrighteousness around him 
Because he believes in God, he believes that God has an answer to his problems. His questions demonstrate the presence of faith, not the lack of it. For an atheist to question why has no answer. But when we ask God why, we find the ultimate answer in him. In other words, we need to understand that says the final verses, oh, I'll get to that in a minute. But we need to understand today is this, folks, that our trust and faith has to be in the Lord. It can't be in any place else or anything else. It's got to be with Him and in Him. And, and whenever we walk in the ways that we're supposed to, the blessings of God will follow us. Matter of fact, the Scripture says they'll overtake us. You know, we need to understand that God wants to be to bless us more than we want to be blessed. I don't think you think that's possible, but it is. He wants to bless us more than what we want to be blessed. And if we'll follow after his word and do what he tells us in it to get those blessings, he's, those are promises of God, and the promises of God are yea and amen. They never fail us. They never turn, he never has lied and never will lie because he's not a man that he should lie. So we need to understand today, folks, that as Habakkuk was going through this, he was having a rough go of it. He was having a hard time dealing with what he was having to deal with. But you know what? God is, was always there to him. And he'll be there to us. It's not against God. It's not, we can't ask God the question why. Now, not as to why did you have to let this happen to me, or why did this have to happen, but the word why as in what what purpose does this thing uh, serve? What What is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this thing here, God? Because, and like I said, God was getting ready to judge this nation, and he was getting this prophet ready to tell them about it and all that good stuff. But what I'm saying is, is that he gives us the answer, and I'll get to that in the third point. Second point is in the last few verses of chapter 3. So if you would, it's Habakkuk. So if you would, turn with me there again to Habakkuk chapter 3. And it's in verse 17. It says, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vine, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the field yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet, now listen to this, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God he is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on my high heels. You know, in verses 17 and 18, the, the note I have in my Bible, it says, the destructive results of the Babylonian invasion will be felt throughout the land, but the prophet finds the source of his joy in God and not in his circumstances. You want me to read that again? I will. It says this, the destructive results of the Babylonian invasion will be felt throughout the land, but the prophet finds the source of his joy in God and not in his circumstances. You know, it's time that we understand that we cannot let 
our feelings dictate how we respond to things. Because our feelings are fickle. One minute you're acting like this. One minute you're acting like that. One minute you're over here. One minute you're over there. I mean, it's it's like a roller coaster. Have you ever been on one of those? They're kind of neat sometimes, depending on what they are. I like the runaway mine train at the Six Flags. I mean, it, it goes fast and it, and it jerks you around and stuff, but it's not way up off the ground. I don't like those. I'm scared of heights, so I'm not. You're not going to get me on one of those. But let me tell you, the runaway mine train, it just jerks you this way and jerks you that way, and all of a sudden you don't know where you're going to end up in your car that you're sitting in. But you know what? It's all for fun and, and games. But now God's judgment is not. And when he sends judgment, and, not, and, and the fruit and the uh, fruit is, is no, there's no fruit on the vine when the Though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. I tell you, folks, financially, this nation could end up being bankrupt because of God's judgment. I don't know. But I do know this, that if we're not careful, we're going to find ourselves under the same circumstances that Habakkuk found himself along with the rest of that nation. And, and then we've got a choice to make. And that's, we need to make God our strength, and we've got to realize that he will make us walk on my high hills. In other words, he's going to make us swift as a deer. And we'll be sure-footed, as long as you're sure-footed about your relationship with God, as long as you're firmly established, firmly rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if you're not, these things are going to up, not only upset your apple cart, it's going to destroy you spiritually. Yes. And we're not going to be able to survive without God is my strength. And, and, and that's something that I know that we're all aware of and, and that we need to take to heart this morning. And so what I'm saying is, is this. There's one last verse I'm going to look at. And I don't know how long I'm going to talk on it, but it's called Habakkuk 2.4. You probably already know it better than I do. I want to turn to it anyway. There's a first part to it, and there's a second part to it. We're mainly going to be looking at the second part. Habakkuk 2, 4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. And then listen to this. But the just shall live by his faith. That word shall, that phrase shall live means to, to live, to stay alive, to be preserved, to flourish, to enjoy life, to live in happiness, to breathe, to be alive, be animated, recover health, live continuously. In other words, we're going to live now because of our faith in this world that we live in. Until the Lord calls us home. Until he says, it's time to bring my child home. Up until that last breath, you're going to be in this world 